Welcome to this Under the Covers episode of Charlotte Readers Podcast, where authors give voice to their written words. This is the Friday version of Charlotte Readers Podcast, where host Landis Wade and his author guests get under the covers. That's right. We get in and out because there are just too many interesting books and engaging authors in the region and not enough time. And just like the longer version of the show, you'll learn interesting facts about the authors and their books, and the authors will read their work. And also like the longer version, you will find images, links, and information about the authors in the show notes at charlottereaderspodcast.com. Support for Charlotte Readers Podcast is provided by Park Road Books, the oldest and only independent bookstore in Charlotte, conveniently located in Park Road Shopping Center. And by Charlotte Mecklenburg Library, a connector of readers, leaders, and learners with 20 locations and a 24-hour online presence. We're also grateful to those of you who offer member support, for which I'm pleased to offer in return member-only content curated with our authors and myself. You can find out more about this member-only content and how you can help authors give voice to their written words at charlottereaderspodcast.com. When Landis is not getting under the cover at bookstores, at events, and on the road, he does it in the well-equipped podcast studio at Advent Coworking, located in the Belmont community near Uptown Charlotte. But enough with the prologue. Let's get under the covers. I'm your host, Landis Wade. Thank you for listening. Hey, listeners, welcome to this Under the Cover episode. I'm visiting today with uh, Jim Mitchum and Laurie Smithwick. Uh, we're talking about their book, Gone Dogs. How y'all doing? Doing great. Great. Yeah, Thanks, Lance. Good, good. So this is a book with 50 stories and poems by people from all over the world. Is that right? That's correct. Yeah. It's true. How did you find 50 people from all over the world? Social media is a very good thing. <laughs> yeah, we're going to talk about that a little bit before we get going. Before we do that, I like to uh, talk about the authors just a second on the Under the Covers show, because we're going to get under the covers in just a second. But first, Jim, um, on your website, you say you're a professional copywriter who found your way into advertising. You talk about being born with no obvious talent. <laughs> and then after <laughs> you said after a stint in the, in the U.S. Air Force, you uh, sort of ended up, uh, well, you said, in a gutter in New York City, and then... Uh, your life significantly improved from there, and you thought it was damn ironic that when you gave up booze, you became a better writer. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and, and advertising <laughs> too. So. Yeah, but what does this mean when you say you're an ad man who was raised by wolves? I'm just trying to piss off my mom and dad. <laughs> um, okay. No, I, I was a big fan of Kipling growing up, okay. and uh, Mowgli was raised by wolves. So I always yeah. play plug that in there when I can. That's good. And, and Laurie, um, on your site, you, you talk about the fact that you're. Uh, you say you love what you do, even if you can't necessarily define what you do. Yeah. So if you can't define it, how do you talk about it? <laughs> that that was a challenge for a while. Uh, I, I seem to have settled on the title of full-time artist for the time being. For yeah. a long time, I called myself a graphic designer, but I abandoned that, and now I'm working more as a full-time artist. So... Y'all brought your talents together, Jim, you being a writer, Laura, you being a graphic designer, to put together this uh, beautiful book. We're looking looking at the book cover now. Um, there's a dog on the cover. Whose dog is that? Mine. That's your dog. What's mm. his name? Uh, Sydney. She uh, she passed in 2014, and she was kind of the inspiration the, uh, for the book. What's she got her paws hanging over there? Is that the front porch or something? That's the back porch, yeah. She's porch. watching the kids in the back, <laughs> being okay. a shepherd. How long did you have her? We, uh, 13, 14 years, just about, lived a long life, thought we lost her a couple of times, but made miraculous comebacks, and uh, and she finally, you know, had her day. 
Now, I've got a dog like that I might mention before we're done, but Lori, you probably know this dog now as well as any dog you've ever owned too, having been doing this book with Jim. Yes, I know yeah. all of Jim's dogs very well. <laughs> uh, well let, let's talk just a second. Um, we got, first of all, the book cover. You had, you got these, uh, this great image on the front, but you got images throughout the book as well. Uh, Lori, is that where you came in, or did did you take the photos, or did someone else take the photos, or did you just kind of put them? Had that work? So the photos, everybody who submitted a story was also asked to submit a photo of their dog, mm. and so every photo that accompanies each story or poem is a photo of that dog submitted to us by the author. Mm. What where I came in is that many of these photos are very old. Like, for instance, the photo of my dog is from when I was 18 years old, and that was a couple of years ago. <laughs> Just a few. <laughs> Just a few. We won't give that away. And so. so I, as a graphic designer, I had to do a good bit of work on a lot of the photos, some of which were just given to us literally as snapshots from the drugstore, uh, mm. and to bring them all into high enough resolution to warrant their inclusion in the book. Mm. All right, before we get onto the covers, this book cover again, I can't get away from it. It's a black and white. I mean... You know, black and white images can be stunning, and and you have this on the front of this book. Was that a choice y'all had to make? Were you thinking color, black and white? What? Obviously, it was a choice. So, how'd you make that choice? Yeah, I, I, my contribution to the art direction of this book is one thing, (laughs) and it's that photo. Okay. And um, and and in terms of it being in black and white, um. I think Lori can talk more to like how that. Yeah, it actually is a it's it's actually a color photo, uh, originally. But we, Sydney herself, is so striking in in her gray and whiteness that we just felt like it made it feel more timeless and more um, more weighty to mm-hmm. have her be on the cover in black and white. Yeah, it does. Okay, well, look, y'all ready to get into the covers? Yeah. <laughs> you ready? You ready? Come on, Jen. You yeah. ready? Okay, good. If you like our mission of helping authors give voice to their written words, please consider leaving a short written review about Charlotte Reader's podcast on Apple Podcasts or the podcast platform of your choice. Because when you leave a review, it helps authors reach more listeners. You can keep up with news about the show and member-only content for our member supporters by joining our email list. We promise not to spam you because, well, that takes too much time. And if you do join the list, we will give you a free ebook written by me, the first book in the Christmas Courtroom Trilogy. Charlotte Readers Podcast is a member of the Queen City Podcast Network, powered by Ortho Carolina. For more information, go to queencitypodcastnetwork.com. All right, so Gone Dogs, the origins of the book. I think I, I remember that this got uh, its start from a blog post, Jim, that you wrote about your dog passing. Uh, it was simply a tribute to your dog, but it generated a response. What kind of response did you get? So, I, you know, as a writer, I had a blog, and, and my dog died, and um, this is like 2010. And I was just getting into social media for a couple of years, and, you know, I shared, shared the blog post through my little network, and it spread around, you know, we would call it viral back, you know, now, but uh, the response was overwhelming. I was getting messages and emails and uh, for, for a couple of days as this story took off, and uh, it made me realize, you know, just 
that first of all that I wasn't alone that that my grief was justified and uh, that everybody who has a dog goes through this so it, yeah it was a really cool experience mm. so you call this the greatest collection of love stories about dogs ever published so that sounds uh, a little true and a little bit like marketing a little bit of both maybe a little bit of both maybe yeah you got <laughs> yeah. the advertising yeah. people over yeah there. yeah but ha- but how so talk to it from your own experiences why is it such a great collection of love stories so after i wrote my blog post um that you know and then in 2014 sydney the the, the dog on the cover died and and i did it again and i that's when i realized you know what Everybody goes through this. Why not create a, a tribute, a, an anthology to dogs that have gone, that have left us? So Gone Dogs was a natural name mm-hmm. for the book. Um, and uh, th- we received over, you know, over three years as we were receiving content from people, um, one thing rang true. Every story was different. Uh, every writer's style was different. But one thing, there was a thread, and it was this deep love for this animal and um it, it didn't waver from from person to person of all the all the submissions we received. Yeah. Now, as I understand, Laura, you, you and Jim kind of met uh, at a swimming pool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Is that right? Yeah, yeah. Our kids found each other in the baby pool. Actually. Yeah. They're and, all heading off to college now. And y'all are sitting there talking one day about things, and Jim's talking about writing. You're talking about graphics, and this idea comes up, and then y'all kind of what move from there. Or? We had already done work together on projects for a while at that point. Um, I mean, literally, our kids were four and five years old when they met, and uh, and they are literally all headed off to college now. So it was a long time ago. And in our time together as elementary school parents, we had the opportunity to work on a lot of projects together. And so, and we we really respect one another's abilities. Jim is my go-to if I ever need words, and I tend to be one of his go-tos if he needs graphics. Mm-hmm. So when Jim had the idea for this book, I think after telling his wife the idea, I think he came to me and said, would you be interested in partnering on this project with me? Mm-hmm. And, and, and the other thing is that, you know, deep within the bowels of ad agencies, the magic exists between a writer and a designer. Mm-hmm. And now she's come from that background and I come from that background. And, and like pretty much right away, I could tell that our personalities were a good match, and this is way before this book. So when the book did come up, she was my—I mean, I went to my wife, and and then I went to Lori about mm-hmm. it um, because it was the right thing. And of course, you know, here we are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we talk about uh, on this show authors giving voice to the written words. So you got the words themselves that paint a picture. Then you've got these just beautiful graphics, uh, these pictures of these dogs, and you look at them and you can see the personalities mm-hmm. in the dogs or see them in a moment in time. But I was a little, I wondered, I know how you got into this because your dog passed, but was there any pause about choosing to feature only dogs who had died? And how did y'all come to terms with that? I think that um, by choosing to include only stories of dogs who have left us what that does is that enables the dogs owners to distill down the stories that matter when the dog is still alive it's still living the stories are still being created they're still getting in trouble they're still getting in trouble and you're maybe more focused on just what happened yesterday whereas after your dog has passed away certain stories bubble up to the top and stay there and those stories are the ones that we feel like 
were the ones the most worth capturing. And every dog owner has those stories. That's mm-hmm. the beauty of it. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. So is there a common theme to the stories being told? Um, anything that any thread that runs through these stories or are they all different in their own way yeah that again it's the love that uh that, so that would be that the thing that, that is it's it's the foundation of every right. one of these stories right. other than that it's it's a wide open so ha, I, you know i'm curious um the different ways that people chose to tell their stories you're, laura you're going to read a little poem that you wrote about one of your dogs and then jim you wrote in prose you can read a little section of that or at least a section of somebody's today but they could have approached it as purely memoir. They could have written it kind of as a, a day in the in one one day in their life mm-hmm. that stands out. How did they did they come at it in, in all different ways? I think so. I think I mean, probably if you were to look at all the stories that we received as submissions, they probably all break down into maybe five categories. Like you said, memoir or a day in the life or a funny story, a singular funny story or the story of the span of their life. You know, mm-hmm. there, you definitely might mm-hmm. find some standard uh, arcs. But I think that what, um, what Jim said about the stories all being about love is that the other thing about dogs, like you said, they're, they're all, you know, a live dog is still getting into trouble. Mm-hmm. You know, my dog, for example, that I wrote about and that my mother wrote about was a really cute, stupid dog. I mean, he was <laughs> dumb. And, it's not nice to talk about the dead that way. <laughs> right? Well, so living with him, we yeah. were constantly wrestling with how dumb he was. Yeah. But now it's all just love, right? right. You tell yeah. that, I say that to you about my dumb dog that I had in high school, and that's just all sweetness and love. And, and these animals, you know, like I talk about in my story, they, um, they spend 10, 10 years, 13, 14 years with us. That time will never disappear. It mm-hmm. will always be part of our past, mm-hmm. and um, to you know, so yeah. So so people, it, it, their their poetry. I think we put a lid on like five thousand words max. That was mm-hmm. the that was the mm-hmm. bucket that we we put out there. The the standard. So people, you know, we didn't want novels. We didn't want to make this a book of long stories. Mm-hmm. So, all right. Now we got a time for uh, a reading from each of you from the book. We're going to start uh, with with Lori. Um, You've got a picture here in the book of a little little dog, white hair, black hair. Black hair is covering his eyes. Yeah. yeah. Her eyes, his eyes. His what? eyes. Yeah, his this eyes. is Dudley. Dudley. Okay. And and listeners, just so you know, we're going to also have a complete uh, longer version of this show on our uh, Patreon feed for our members in which uh, Lori's mother, Judy Goldman, is going to read a prose story from the book we're going to have readings from other authors as well but for now Lori's got a little poem and the name of it Lori this is called state change all right anytime you're ready I'm walking across sharp coastal Bermuda grass toward the pier the river motorboats tan summertime campers everywhere laughing I just finished reading a letter from my mom this was the moment the summer I was 18 when I stopped being a person with a dog. Okay, it doesn't take many words to uh, convey a point, right? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yeah, so you were uh, you were 18. Where were you? Mm-hmm. I was at summer camp as a counselor the summer before I headed off to college. Yeah. Did you get the message by a phone call? or? Mm-hmm. I think it was a phone call, but my mom and I couldn't remember, so we decided to make it more poetic and mm-hmm. call it a letter. 
mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. it had happened while I was gone. They had to have him put down, and and the stark contrast between this is why I think it was a phone call. I was in the office, so inside, and then I walked outside to this gorgeous coastal North Carolina summer day, just blasted with sun and bathing suit kids running around by the river. And I remember just walking along going, I'm a different person now. That My my status as a human has changed. Mm-hmm. An hour ago, I was a person with a dog, and now I'm no longer a person with a dog. And that identity really made an impact on me that day. They are part of your family, right? It's like losing a brother or a sister. Without or, a doubt. Or a yeah. parent. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, so we're going to move from uh, the poetry to prose for a moment. Jim, you've got a story uh, about your dog, uh, Tucker, right? That's right. Yeah, and the picture beside this prose piece is amazing. This dog has got some spring. Yeah. <laughs> he had step. jets in his legs, yeah. I mean, you're at, a, you're at the beach, there's blue water, you're on the sand, your knees are crouched a little bit. Uh, this dog, half his body is above the top of your head. Right? <laughs> yeah. Is this a trick with the no, camera? No, he just wanted a treat. And the treat's in my right hand. You can mm-hmm. see the, the, that I'm holding a treat. But um, mm-hmm. it was something we used to He just, dude, loved to jump. And, and what kind of dog is this? Australian Shepherd. Yeah, they can really move. And yeah, jump. they're pretty yeah. quick. Yeah. yeah, he was just a puppy like a year old then. Okay, anything you want to say to set this up before you read? The name of my piece is uh, Just the Dog. And uh, it, it opens with me talking about um, the morning that we knew that we were going to put Tucker down. Okay. Um, And I'm just going to pick it up a little bit into it. 13 years earlier, when it was just me and Tina, Tucker went everywhere with us. They knew his name at our beach. He walked the streets of St. Augustine like the mayor. He was a constant companion and positive distraction for us the year my wife worked two jobs to put me through three colleges at once so that I could graduate and we could get on with our lives. When we moved from Florida to Charlotte, Tucker sat shotgun in the moving truck. When Tina and I bought our first home together, we selected one with a big backyard for dogs and kids. When daughter one was born, her first word was puppy, in large part due to Tucker's watchful gaze. He was also a good shepherd in raising daughter two. Over the years, Tucker helped shape a pack that has seen three other dogs join it. And since we moved, he's been a daily companion for me as I sit at my desk and write. 13 years. They say that's 91 in dog years, but it's still 13 in mine. 13 of my possible what, 80? Probably 16% of my own life when I'm done. Other than my mother and now my wife, I haven't been around another soul on this earth on a daily basis as much as I was with Tucker. So it's uh, a little hard to listen to these stories. Uh, although although there's, there's this emotion of love, there's also this emotion of grief that's sneaking into the equation too and then you know as someone who's just listening for the first time I can sense this uh, tremendous loss that you had you know for this dog and you too Laurie um, to learn about it from a distance yeah so I've got a dog he he <laughs> Gus uh, has tried to die about six times we think <laughs> he, we think he's got more lives than a cat but he's, he's on 14 he's outlived all our other dogs and he he was a rescue and uh, but I like to thank him not as one who was rescued, but as the as the hero, because I feel like he's rescued me <laughs> a number of times, and it will be hard when when he can't get up and take that walk with me. Um, but uh, you know, stubborn dog, and he's gotten yeah. in a lot of trouble. <laughs> and I'm sure Tucker probably had his days too. Oh goodness, yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, we're going to shift now for a second to the 
writing life. We got a few minutes left here, not many, but I wanted to do this. Uh, you um, you went out broadly, sort of across the world, the submission process to get uh, all these different submissions. Uh, just quickly, how did you go about doing that? Networks. Yeah. Yeah. Social media and, and our personal networks is how it all started. And did you get a lot of submissions, and was it hard to choose which ones to put in the book? It was, yeah. yeah. We, we, had to, we had to cut cut the number of submissions down by more than a third in order in order to in other words two-thirds didn't make it into the book and uh, that was nearly impossible because every story was worth telling and worth reading yeah and uh was it difficult uh, did you find yourselves personally and also in talking to the authors for them to write about uh, this or was it helpful to write about it so one of the things that uh i experienced was um a catharsis when I wrote about it in 2010 I wrote about Tucker the, the story I just read um, and we kind of talked about the idea of a catharsis when we uh, put the call to submissions out there and people grabbed a hold of it they understood what we meant and um, yeah it, that wasn't a huge thing to overcome mm-hmm. I mean everybody who has a dog has these stories in them the dog yeah. is it's it's just part of the contract that we have. You know, they they we outlive them. Yeah. Period. And it's so. closer in time for you, Jim. But Laura, you, you not to age you by any means, mm-hmm. but it's been a little longer since you had had this dog. So exactly. Was it still hard to write about the, or, or was it helpful, or did you enjoy the process? Oh, I definitely enjoyed the process. I mean, we this was this was in fact the last dog I've had. Although my brother has continued to have dogs, so I've had mm-hmm. nephews and. Uh, nephew dogs, mm. um, but, yeah. and she and she always gets uh, gets uh, beat up by my pack when she comes over. Yeah, to they that. love they love when I come over. And I ask about routine sometimes on here, but I'm usually only speaking to one author. Y'all had to develop a routine yourselves, right? Because your busy lives, your parents, you got. How'd you do it? Uh, email, Snapchat, what? What? <laughs> yes, all of the above, everything, <laughs> everything, every yeah. means of communication yeah. we yeah. have explored. Yeah. Yeah. It. Yeah. Every, literally, I mean, yeah. everything yeah. that we can think of. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you yeah. know, that's good. So, how has producing this book changed your lives, Lori? That's an amazing question. Um, you know. My favorite thing in the whole world is a new idea. And to take a new idea and turn it into a real thing is is a really an underrated process. And to mm-hmm. be to have been approached by Jim 5 years ago and work solidly for 5 years to create this thing that I can now hold in my hands and feel proud of is um, without anybody ever asking for it. Mm-hmm. Right. I wasn't we weren't assigned by a boss or a teacher right. to make this. And right. to have created this really feels like an, an incredible accomplishment. Mm-hmm. I'm well, just you, so proud of it. You get an A plus for it. How about you, Jim? Has has it changed your life? So this is the first thing I've ever done like this. I, I I've written a novel before and of course Lori helped with the design and, and layout of that, um, back in twenty thirteen or fourteen or something. Um but but this was way different. They I we bit off way more than we did realized what what it was going to be yeah, um it always is that way it's um, it was unbelievable the yeah. learning curve to this was quite steep yeah. so yeah. um having it in my hands was a good feeling but i think where it's changed my life the most is that i really love dogs mm. and 
you know, I'm, I'm a copywriter and I, I'm a, like a gun for hire for companies. Um, and, and while I do well at that job, my heart isn't into it like it is this. And so in terms of it changing my life, I want this franchise concept to keep going. Okay, so that was, was going to be my next question. Is there going to be a next chapter to Gone Dog? Well, that's the plan, yeah, yes. Yeah. All right, more, more of the same? Are you going to do some other thematic approaches to the animal universe or what? Who knows? Well, we do. Yeah. So, so I may not have had a dog for many years, but I've had a lot of cats. Yeah. Uh, I lived in New York City for a <laughs> the, long time. The cat and so, version. This, yeah. will, this will be, be like the Chick-fil-A cows well, doing well the cat the cat people came out of the woodworks when we yeah. created this yeah. what about yeah. cats? where's the cat so, book but yeah. i i'm excited yeah. about that yeah. because the stories are going to be different people's oh, yeah. relationship with their cats is different right, let's don't get started on the cats we'll do that next next yeah. episode yeah. right yeah. My, my daughter's a big cat person yeah uh, she's yeah. got a couple what do you hear the name of it too yeah, yeah. okay well look it's all the time we got unfortunately uh we're gonna have to uh to sign off for today but you're gonna find fo- uh, some links uh information about uh, Lori and jim in the show notes uh uh, and uh, as I said, you're going to get a longer version if you become a member supporter of the show. How to do that, you can find out at charlotteroospodcast.com. Uh, Lori, Jim, thank you so much for being on the show. Thanks for Thanks us. so much for having us, Landis. Well, that's it for today. Another fine author giving voice to their written word. Landis will be back next Friday getting under the covers with another interesting author. But before then, coming on Tuesday, we'll have another long-form episode with readings and conversations about the written words and the writing life of a local or regional author. Landis loves helping authors give voice to their written words, but he can't do it alone. If you're inclined to help me help authors give voice to their written words, please consider becoming a member supporter. We'd love to have you as a member. And when you join at certain levels, we'll give you access to member-only content curated by the authors and me. Would you like to hear more from the authors? Perhaps a variety of presentations on writing craft, or additional readings, or tips on marketing and social media. Would you like some behind-the-scenes insights and reflections from me, or some edited content from previous episodes without interruptions? You can find out more about these member-only benefits and how to become a member supporter at charlottereaderspodcast.com. Thank you for your support, and thank you for listening. Until next week. I'm Landis Wade for Charlotte Readers Podcast.